the big silence, empowering personal experiences, inspiring compassion, and healing lives. We are no longer silent. We are here. The big silence. Hello and welcome to the Big Silence Podcast. I am your host, Karina Dawn. I'm a mental health advocate, wellness entrepreneur, and co-founder of the leading women's fitness community, Tone It Up. I'm also a New York Times bestselling author and founder of the nonprofit, The Big Silence Foundation. I'm also a wife, daughter, friend, and yes, palm mom of five. And just like you, I'm a work in progress. I have experienced profound grief and trauma and then found deep joy in life. And now I'm here to share my story, be a safe space for you to share yours. And we're having in-depth conversations with psychologists, doctors, spiritual leaders, friends, and others who have been impacted directly or indirectly by a mental health condition. No more embarrassment, no more shame, no holding back, only healing. Let's go! Mental health is my wealth, the stress upon the shelf. Nobody can love me the way I love myself. Seek and ye shall find the truth and the light. I'm living my purpose, so I sleep good at night. No more depression or spiritual recession. And every day that I wake up, it's a blessing. So breathe in, breathe out. Everybody in the house know what I'm talking about. The big silence. The big silence. Come here, Cujo. The big silence. Everybody wants daddy. Where's daddy? Come Where's here. daddy? Oh, 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 I get you. And of course, if you hear another panting Pomeranian in the background, he's back. He's back. He's cute. He's definitely cute. Yeah, he's cute. This is Cujo in the background. Um, Bobby's sidekick. Hey, what do you think? Cameras? (laughs) There's your camera. Don't look into it. It's like they're there, but they're not there. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, welcome back to the big silence. Today's episode is with Yovana Mendoza. Before I dive into who she is and what we talked about, I want to know if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, the lighting is a little off. I don't have that that heavenly lighting up there. We're running off a generator. Mm, No, we're not. We decided to cut the generator. Okay. Well, so Bobby has a bobcat. What is a bobcat? Explain what that does. It's like a mini tractor that you can go around and you can lift move rocks. dirt, lift rocks, shovel things. Yeah, yeah. So as we were prepping for today and I was trying to go into the infrared sauna mm-hmm. um, and the cold plunge, uh, Bobby took his bobcat because we're working on a project in the backyard and ran into electrical. Yeah. Yeah. And ripped through it. Ripped th- straight through it. 240? Yeah. I knew that. Danger. Yeah. You don't want to mess with that. And we lost all of the electricity in the studio. <laughs> oh, and that's... We're um, working. I know. We're here. But we figured out a way where we could still have Yovana here and figure out how to record the podcast. But that is on top of yesterday's occasion with the Bobcat. Mm-hmm. Interesting name, Bob. And ye- mm-hmm. <laughs> yesterday, you ripped through the septic so i haven't been able to take a shower in two days it's fixed it's It's fixed now well it just got fixed like five minutes ago i just want to point that out and i'm very excited Mm because i've used um 
some wipes from my armpits the past two days. Listen, you're acting like you were going to shower anyway. <laughs> All right. I really wanted to wash my hair <laughs> and my feet. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyways, again, welcome. I'm excited for my guest, Yovana Mendoza. We had such a great conversation. She literally just left the studio like 15 minutes ago. And she's a wellness and healthy living entrepreneur. And uh, you got to follow her. All of her, how to follow her is in the show notes. But I met her back in 2017 for the first time. And um, she was at the Tone It Up tour in Los Angeles. Did you meet her? You know, I saw the picture and she looks so familiar, but there's a lot of faces that have come through. And I don't know, I just, she looks so familiar to me, but asking me to remember. That's like asking me to remember from yesterday. You. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's guys, a I don't know if you know, but I met Bobby like 10 times and reintroduced myself every time. And he thought I was the biggest little nasty bitch. Mm. And then you fell in love with me. That's right. <laughs> we were just to clarify, we were both dating other people at the time and it was in group settings and barbecues. And here right. we are. Yay. Here we are. All right. So really awesome conversation with Yovana. I appreciated her opening up and we talk about things that we didn't even expect to talk about. So here we go. And Bobby was chuckling over here being the sound man, handyman. Yeah. You girls were vibing. I was laughing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I hope you enjoy. Welcome to The Big Silence. Yovana is here. Thank you for having me. Of course. I am so... <laughs> so you. we got connected through a mutual trainer. You guys know I always speak trainers need trainers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so Brent, thank you for connecting us. Yovana lives here in Austin. And we were connected on text. Mm-hmm. And then you sent me a picture from yeah. 2017. Yes, September. At- Yes, of 2017, of me, you, and Kat at yeah. the Tone It Up Fitness re- or event, yeah. um, the tour, and we met there, 2017. So we've known yeah. each other for five years, yeah, ish, or four and a half. And now we meet in Austin. I know that's mm. so awesome. Welcome and thank yeah. you. Thank you for having me. Of course, so excited to be here. So we're going to dive deep into a lot of you and what you've gone through. Obviously, we're a mental health podcast, but we also like to have fun. Mm -hmm. So if you're open to having any conversations and if there's any questions I ask that you don't want to answer, let me know. Okay. I'm like big fangirling right now because I've been a fan of you and Tone It Up for years. When did you first find Tone It Up? I think it was 20, I want to say 2015. Okay. So, and you've been on YouTube and YouTube since and it's 2013. 2013. Yeah. yeah. Which so. she has an amazing following. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. YouTube and Instagram and all of that. Mm. And I love what you're doing and promoting just a healthy lifestyle and kind of what Tone It Up believes in as well as the balance between it all and the movement and the mm-hmm. nutrition and how that's all really important for mental health. And I don't know where to even start. I know mm-hmm. that you began as a vegan. Yes. Yes. So that's how it all started mm-hmm. or how I started my in 
social media career. Yeah. Now it's a career. Back then it was a hobby. It was in 2013 when I went on this two-week detox after having breast surgery mm. to heal, to help me heal quicker from it. Which have now been removed. Which have I now removed. At the time I put the, the implants in, and now the implants have been taken out. 2019, I took them out. So at the time, I was healing from that. And I went on this raw vegan detox, and it made me feel amazing. And I felt alive again. I was drinking green juice. I was eating raw foods. And in those two weeks, I made the decision to, at the time I was smoking cigarettes. Mm. I was partying every single weekend, getting super drunk, having blackouts. And in those two weeks, I was feeling so good. And my anxiety went from like a 10 to like a one mm -hmm. that I decided and asked God and prayed that I wanted to quit drinking and stop smoking. And I did it like cold turkey. Mm -hmm. So I went, I remember I would call it from rebel to raw. That's what I would call myself. I love that. Back then, because I made the switch really quick. And yeah. after that, it just, that's how everything started. So for me. I know there's so many questions running yeah. in my head. And I always <laughs> take notes. So what was your process to go from rebel to raw? Like the, I always ask people like the baby steps because so many people and yeah. women listening are like, well, how do I even begin? Yeah. So I always ask this question. So it was pretty. I, I I can be a I can be a little extreme. So I li I I really literally make the switch from one day to the next. Mm -hmm. It was not. I didn't really do baby steps. Mm -hmm. It was like I was in this retreat, Optimum Health Institute in San Diego. Mm -hmm. I went there for two weeks and I got out of there like a completely different person. And I truly believe it was God that helped me because I. I honestly like I kneeled one day when I was in there and I asked to my higher power, like, I need help. I know like in my gut, I knew that I like if I stopped drinking, like my life would something something would change. Like my life would change for the better because I was able to see my life from a third perspective. And I was seeing where that lifestyle was leading me. And it wasn't leading me in a place in a in a in a in a, in a way that I felt proud of myself. And what year was that? That was 2013. 2013. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I got out of there and I continued juicing and drinking smoothies. And I decided, and I read, you know, the China study and all these plant based books. And I got convinced that that was the diet that mm -hmm. was the best diet in the world. Yeah. And, yeah. And then can we back up? Yeah. Pre 2013. Yes. When you were, say, 12, 13 years old mm -hmm. and your relationship with food back then. Yeah. So I, I suffered from eating disorders when I was 10, 11, from 10 to 13, anorexia and bulimia. And this was, well, after going through therapy, I started going to therapy when I was 12 years old. Mm -hmm. And the reason for my eating disorders at the time was because I was sexually molested when I was 10 years old. Wow. So I wasn't like, I, they did, he didn't rape me, but he touched me in ways that he shouldn't have touched me. And I was young. I was 10 years old. Yeah. So that developed into um, eating disorders that I had. So in my early teens. As a 10-year-old. Yeah. 
because I'm so, as a 10 year old, how did you know that you were being sexually molested? And how did you go to someone to tell them that you needed therapy or you needed help? How did you speak up? It was, it happened two times. And after the second time is when I told my dad. So he was a the brother of a of the pastor of the church that we were going to. And it was it happened once at the pastor's office when everyone was gone. And I don't know how I ended up in the office with him alone. And he just came back, came from the back and lifted my shirt and just touched me in a way that felt weird. He did it a second time during church the singing part before the service when all the lights are down and somehow came hugged me from the back and did it again and then about a week later i couldn't sleep at night and i woke up i, I got up from my from my bed and i went over to my dad in the living room and i told him what happened and that it, i i felt like it was weird like i felt weird that he did that and like i wasn't sure why he did it but it felt wrong. Mm -hmm. So I guess I spoke up just because there was something in me that didn't feel right about it. It didn't feel like it was something that he should have done. Right. And I felt at the time ashamed too. I, f I felt like it was something like I wasn't sure if I was doing something wrong too. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And so then, um, so as yeah. your parents, your dad, what did... I think he went and beat up the guy <laughs> <laughs> Hell <yeah>. that night. <laughs> Called the police. Police came the next day, but I didn't want to talk about it. So kind of just let, left it at that. I, 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 I closed up. Being 10 years old, I didn't... I, felt, I, I, I remember saying, I don't remember anything. I don't remember anything. Like, I don't want to talk about it. So my my parents kind of just let let it go. Mm -hmm. They were like, "Oh, well, I guess she's fine." But then as when I was 13, I was in middle school, that's when my parents found out that I had bulimia. But I had been I had I started to develop an eating disorder like weeks, I want to say weeks after that incident because I remember not eating or like having a weird relationship with food. Like I I I was all of a sudden I would like look at myself in the mirror in different ways. I, I weigh myself and I was really young. Yeah. I don't know what year you were born, but I was born 81. I was born 89. Okay. And yeah, even that 12, 13 year old age for me, the friends, we would check in like, what you eat today? I said, mm -hmm. I had a yeah. Diet Coke and a yeah. carrot. Yeah. Well, I only had a sip of water. Yeah. It was like so Awful. weird so weird but it does come i don't know if yeah. it comes from trauma or what it is but it, it it's terrible and i also i can relate i had bulimia and mm. for a few years yeah no um, i wonder if there's i wasn't expecting to go in this direction I either. <laughs> but this is good because i want to know because for myself, with my mother mm -hmm. and my relationship with my mother, it was hard for me to trust again. Because mm -hmm. growing up with a schizophrenic mother, you believe in their delusions and everything they're telling you. And as you're a 10 to 12, 13-year-old girl, if your mom tells you your dad is the Antichrist, he's bad, he's this, you believe her. Mm -hmm. So it took me a long time to be able to trust again and love again mm -hmm. once I realized that she was with her diagnosis. So with you, with what happened, there's two two questions I have here. Mm -hmm. 
number one, how you would be able to trust in men again because now you're married with two babies Mm -hmm. and you can love again and you can trust that Mm -hmm. you and number two you speak about you praying to god and asking him for help because that was my other thing when i was my mom's delusions were very religious where i cursed a higher power for many years before i could come back to it so those two Mm -hmm. things like how did you learn to trust again It took me years, (laughs) years of therapy, years of being in toxic relationships until I finally really worked on it, specifically for relationships, because I found myself going into these toxic patterns with relationships. And also I, I grew up with an, with a father that had an addiction and I found myself looking for partners that were very similar to my father. Mm -hmm. And so I was in a very long on and off relationship for eight years. And the last time we broke up, I broke up. I decided that I wanted that I need that I, that I, that I wanted to break that cycle. So I hired a relationships coach and she helped me heal through a lot of a lot of issues that I had with with my mom, with my dad. She taught me how to place boundaries mm-hmm. with them how to really see the value in myself because I I had very low self-value and self-worth. So I'm, I'm still working on that, by the way. Oh, <laughs> Trust me, me yeah. too. <laughs> it's not like it just, you know, it's I'm not, I'm not completely healed. It's like a everyday work. Well, that's important to point out too, yeah. is that we are forever students of life. Mm-hmm. And the biggest step is just being able to step into that and accept that and be like I want to continue learning and growing and healing mm-hmm. because there's so much trauma that's stuck in our body and just being aware like but every day I'm yeah. gonna be a better version of myself and some days it's gonna yeah but exactly <laughs> but that's okay too yeah exactly it's it's a never work a never-ending work and and it's beautiful too I love the process of it yeah so I did that and she really helped me to I basically went on this like men detox for a year to really heal and connect with myself. And I, 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 I finally left my parents' house at 28 years old. 28? Yes. Oh. I, I, would, I would have been able to leave sooner, but I was very attached. I, it mm. was really hard for me to leave my house. I was very comfortable there. Yeah. <laughs> so I made that step to move out and live on my own and really start thinking about the life that I wanted to build, that I want to build. And like the partner, I began to visualize the partner that I wanted to attract and the relationship that I wanted to have. And it took many times of guys approaching me and it was, she helped me through a lot. So she would point out the red flags and like, see like this guy is exactly what you've been attracting. Like, this is not what you this is this is if if you go into this you're going to go into the same cycle. So, it took a lot of that of like making space of like many times I wanted to go into these relationships or date these types of guys that were the same this the same type and it took a lot of me saying no to that and making space for the right person to come in. And because I whenever someone a good guy, quote unquote, would come into my life, it'd be like, it was boring to me. 
It was like, mm-hmm. there's no drama here. Like, <laughs> yeah. this is boring. Like, he he cares about me? Like, what? No, push him away. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I I saw that that I that I that I would do that. Like any guy that would treat me good, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I I didn't want that. I wanted the chase. I wanted the toxicity. Mm-hmm. And so once I finally saw that pattern, I was able to break it. So eventually met my husband and at the beginning I was like oh my gosh this guy is like too boring yeah <laughs> too boring <laughs> and so and yeah we mean that and like I get it he I think d- I tried to break up with Bobby like yeah. three times in the beginning I'm like you're too good at yeah. breaking up with you <laughs> I need more drama in my life and so I remember after the first date I was like yeah I don't think I'm gonna go out with this guy anymore and so I my my therapist, she she's like my spiritual mom. She yeah. was like, no, yeah, you're going to go out with him again. <laughs> you're going to give this guy another chance. And I liked him, but I was like, I don't know. Yeah. But as I began to go out, talk to him more and really receive the love, open up. Mm-hmm. To it's ha- about receiving. Yes, open up. Yes, exactly. And being, having that cup to receive the love because essentially um leaning into my femininity that's that's as a woman that's what i that it's what i do i receive mm-hmm. in a way i mean we all receive but that's in my, in my mind that's what i what i began to to see it as and four months later we were engaged wow and six two months after that we got married Amazing. It happened very quickly. Yeah, but, you know, when you know, you know, and you're, yeah. like, a very grounded person, like, mm-hmm. when you know, you know. I mean, of course, you thought he was boring. Yeah. <laughs> At the beginning. But then, no, I know. yeah. <laughs> totally I, also, I want to I want to make a mention that those, those months, for six months, I didn't see my parents at all. So that Ooh. was, like, a, a part of the healing process process for me mm-hmm. to really step away from what I knew to create what I wanted mm-hmm. and not repeat the same things because I was repeating I was I was so I was very I'm a very easily influenced person so if I'm around mm-hmm. certain people like I will start to mimic the same things unconsciously so I had to step away from, I love my parents and we have a great relationship but I didn't want the same as yeah. what they or had. the influence yeah or yeah. the influence I mean I, I talk openly about it with yeah. them they know <laughs> they know what I know and it's I'm glad I can have those conversations with them so I wanted something different yeah and I had to do that for six months and it was part of the healing yeah, and then me. do your husband and you have you like had to get into therapy? Because are you ever triggered by anything? Oh or? yes, all yeah. the time. And we—he's actually a great communicator, and he's really good at helping me. Well, we—I guess—we're each other's mirror, right? We want to get into therapy because not because things are bad, but the things we want things to be better. Mm-hmm. And also having a baby. Our mm-hmm. baby is four months old. That has brought up a lot of things. But you, too. that's baby number two. No, number one. Oh, number one. It's our first baby. Oh, yeah. I thought you had two babies. No. <laughs> it seemed like I was pregnant for a long time. <laughs> um, yeah, our first baby. So that has brought up a lot of things, of opportunities to, yeah, to grow yeah. and heal. Yes. And then the other question was about 
your faith. Mm-hmm. God, getting back to that after cursing and or, or just sorry, cursing would be my word mm-hmm. growing up. Yeah. <laughs> but after that happens in the church, to be able to come back and yeah. have faith again. My relationship with God, I never blamed it on that. I feel like when I was in my party stage, I was very mm, distanced from my relationship with God. And once I stopped drinking and stopped smoking and got back into my body and my center and connected again with my spiritual with my spirituality, I reconnected with God too. I and and in the time when I was raw vegan, I did a, a fast. And that was like a big I wouldn't recommend the fast now, but spiritually it was great because I had a lot of time to read the Bible. And I grew up Christian, so that's my version of God that I know. Right. Um I feel and everybody's like, version yeah. of God is their own the higher ex- power. So ex- anyone Yeah. Yeah, whatever it is for you. But I truly believe there is a higher power. That is my source. That's where I find my peace. That's where I find my hope, my strength. That's where I tend to go into fear a lot of times. I I, I feel I find myself going into that that state. Mm-hmm. And I and I know and I find myself going into that state when I'm not connected to God. Mm-hmm. I, I I find that when I'm connected to God, to my relationship to Him, and talking constantly to that higher power, praying, there is no room for fear. Mm-hmm. I feel good. I feel grounded. And I I don't I haven't found a church. I don't really go to church. I just kind of talk to Him yeah. whenever I feel like it. I pray and I meditate in silence, and that's my that's how I connect. What is your meditation God. practice like in silence? Because a lot of people have trouble sitting in silence. <laughs> but I went to this meditation retreat. Uh, I don't know if you know who Kyle Cease is. Uh, but Bobby and I have gone to two or three of his retreats, and there's a lot of hours in silence. But I yeah. love what he says. He said, if you cannot sit with yourself in silence, how do you expect anyone else to sit with you? Oh, wow. <laughs> right? That's really powerful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, so ever since I had a baby, finding silence silence is has been difficult or making that time for myself has been challenge not challenging, but it's it takes more effort for me to even just f- make 20 minutes to work out. It's 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 not as easy as before where it's just like, "Oh, I'm going to work out." It's like, "Okay, wait. What, is she fed? Do I, is she sleepy? Do I need a burper? She go, okay, like who's going to take care of her? Like there's so many things that go into it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not as easy. So honestly, my meditation now is when I pump. <laughs> when I, when I'm pumping, I like, like literally, I just sit ah. and I, and those are, that's like the moment where I'm like, where I'm alone and I can actually be with myself yeah so i just sit and and breathe and focus on my breath that's perfect i mean everyone <laughs> thinks that meditation is so hard just find a moment that's like seconds. my moment yeah because <laughs> a baby is like a 24 7 job yeah like, I so i know it's not going to be like that forever but at this point in my life that's well, yeah. how, how that's how it is you're four months in but i want to go back to <laughs> yes. ravana yes oh <laughs> 
I uh, Googled you this morning, and the first oh. thing that came up was like, oh my Ravana God. was eating fish. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <gasps> I don't know how that news, it, be, it went viral. Yeah. Like it was in the news in Europe and in Mexico and Latin America. I mean, it was everywhere. It was crazy. So for the listeners, Ravana was mm-hmm. vegan raw. Right. Yeah. yeah, so I, I, my name's Yovana, and my name back then was Ravana. Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> her doctor suggested that you add some pro- like uh, fish, or you can explain the story better than I can. But. <laughs> yes, animal protein essentially, yeah. because I had been vegan for six years, and and uh, built your platform on that. Yes, and your followers. Yes. Yes, everything. I was raw vegan for three years and then vegan for six years, but I was, or three more years, so six years total. I was the the first Latino person to ever go on social media and talk about, or that became big to talk about raw veganism and veganism. Like I was, I was the the biggest Latino spokesperson about vegan in the world probably at that time. Right. And you did it because it was a part of your healing process. Oh, for sure. It was, you were passionate about it. Oh, yes. Extremely passionate about it. I mean, it was like, this saved my life. Yeah. And I wanted to tell people like, look, if you just eat fruits and vegetables, a lot of things, a lot of good things will happen in your life. Right. Because what you put in your body is... For your mental health, for sure, not only just physical. Yes, but things change. Yes, things change, and so when that happened, so that the the last two years of when I was vegan were, my health was declining, my hair was falling out, I had gut issues, I had hormonal problems, it was like going downhill, and then the last year it was like quickly going downhill. So I literally tried everything by this point. I would take so many supplements, try tweaking my diet, adding more protein, adding more fat, all plant-based, obviously. But at the end of it was when I developed SIBO, which is small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. And my stomach would get like bloated after eating anything. Mm-hmm. I would go days without going to the bathroom and then like two days with being constipated and then two days of like constant diarrhea. Mm. Like <laughs> for months, this, yeah. ha- this would happen. So towards the end, I finally gave in and I was like, okay, this is clearly not working. I'm going to try something different and I'm going to add some protein to my diet. So I started with bone broth or I started with collagen and then I did bone broth and then I did eggs. Mm-hmm. And this all happened in like a two month span. And then a, a, a couple of weeks later, I added some fish into my diet. And all of this I was doing, I guess, quote unquote, behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I hadn't told, I wasn't telling my followers what was happening because I was figuring it out. And yeah. it was like a big deal. Like I was the vegan girl, you know, and like, and you were going through your own stuff. Like, how do I, I'm transitioning into this. For sure. My doctor wants to, I'm working on my health. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. 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 It was like an experiment. Yeah. Like, I didn't even think I would, I think I, I'd be like eating fish and eggs for a little bit and then get better. And then I would go back to my vegan diet. So it was around two, had, I had been following like plant-based with fish and eggs diet for like a month and a half. And I went on this trip to Bali with a few other vloggers 
So um, on the trip to Bali, we were sitting at a table and we were eating and I ordered my fish with veggies, right? I was eating fish. So this one girl that was in the trip, she was filming and she filmed a part where I come out like my, my plate has fish on it. And once we came back from the trip and we all started posting our photos and uploading our videos, you know, she uploaded that video and forgot to cut that part out. <laughs> We're not going to go into that, but and essentially it got leaked and she noticed an hour later because she started seeing comments on the video. And this girl is like, has 8 million followers, you know? Mm -hmm. So she took down the video, deleted that part and then re-uploaded it again. But by that time, someone had already like captured that part of the video and like made a separate YouTube video out of it and like named it Yovana Eats Fish or Ravana Eats Fish. And so that day I remember like Instagram was down for like the majority of the day. This was 2019. I and remember that day. You remember that day? <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was in March. I, I remember perfectly. Like I was trying to upload a, a video the whole day and I couldn't. And so then I come on there at 9 p.m. and I upload my video it was like a brand collab that I had too. And I start getting, I st I get like a thousand comments in like five minutes of like fishes. Or like you're eating fish, fake Vana, fake Vana, fake Vana, fake Vana, fish Vana. And I'm like, what? And then she messages me. I got a, a, a message from her. She's like, hey, I'm sorry this happened. I'm like, <gasps> like my heart just sunk. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> like what just happened? <laughs> And that's when the bomb exploded. Yeah. So then, I mean, all right. So then you went off social media for yeah. a while. Then I went off social media for like three weeks. Yeah. I like deleted all the social media apps while I tried to figure out what to do. But in the meantime, there were like, I mean, even the Washington Post did something. <laughs> oh my gosh. Right. Really? So first question, I want to know <gasps> what you did while you had three weeks off social media. Um, and then also... How that affected, because coming from you as a teenager, a young teenager, mm -hmm. having an eating disorder, yeah, how that affected your relationship with food, where you're like, wait, like, I don't, it just seems like now I can't eat this, I can't make my own decisions. Oh, yeah. It was very confusing. Even when I, I feel like, ve like being vegan really helped heal my relationship with food, because I was eating a lot more, and I wasn't eating with guilt. Mm -hmm. Like I would just eat because I was like, oh, this is like really good for me and I feel great. And I, you know, I can stay lean and have a fit body and stuff. So but once I had to change that, that once I had to, to make that change for my health, that was really confusing because it was like, OK, everything that I believe that was like the healthiest for my body. I'm now learning that it's not it's working for me anymore. So it was just I just kind of rolled with it for a while like I was like okay not really sure but I'm gonna trust the process like, I'm gonna trust that this is gonna heal my body and I focused on that on health like yeah. I focused on my health that was like the reason why I started in the first place in 2013 so I kind of had to go back to the to the core of it yeah and as we age as beautiful young women mm -hmm. our bodies change and our needs change too and I think that's important to mm -hmm. point out did you so 
than emotionally, mm-hmm. mentally yeah. dealing with the bullying and everything. Yeah. How did you manage that? Honestly, the the year, the first year after it happened was really hard mentally for me because there were videos, hundreds of videos made of me on YouTube and every every single post I made, video, photo, Instagram, YouTube, wherever, would get hate, like every single one for a year. So no matter what I did, I was going to get hate for it. But I also didn't want to stop doing because it's some I didn't I didn't want to stop doing what I was doing or being on social media because I, I I like it. I enjoy it. It's like I, I know that I, I knew that I had the haters, but I also had support. It's just that the haters were very loud. They're always louder. Yeah. They're, they're always louder. I know. But there are always fewer of them. Yeah. So Exactly. They're, <laughs> they're very loud. Yeah. So I knew that it was kind of like that there was going to be light at the end of the tunnel. I didn't know when, but I knew that it would happen. And everything collapsed that year. Like a lot of brands didn't want to work. I mean, no brand really. Very few brands wanted to work with me because every single post was getting so much hate. All my ebooks that I was selling, I stopped promoting. I mean, I was not really like producing much. Yeah. So it affected your career. It affected my career for sure. And did you think that you would not be able to have a a comeback? Yeah. Many times I did. Many times I did, but I think it, it it took like a year and a half when I saw things turning, when I saw just the hater, not so much hate, brands started to get interested in me again, and I started to feel more inspired to create. I wasn't creating from this like fearful state of, I was, I started to create again from an inspired state. And how did you get there to like from going of feeling uninspired mm-hmm. and fearful? What was it in you that brought you out of that where you're like, I got this. I'm going to go back out there. I'm going to be the powerhouse that I am. What? How did you get that confidence? I think it, it happened when I started to trust in myself again. Mm-hmm. And it happened when I began to see the positive changes that my new diet was having on my body. Mm -hmm. So it took a while for my body to heal. But once I started to see, like, realize, like, look, you feel better. Your health is better. You are thriving again. Like, it's so you can share this to the world. Yeah, just be yourself. Just be you. Exactly. And if someone wants to follow you, they can. Exactly. When I let let go of the number thing Mm -hmm. of, like, how many followers do I have? How many people like my photos? Like when I let go of all of that and I just focused on creating the things that I wanted to create and doing it for myself first and then share that with the rest of the with the world, that's when I started to enjoy it again. And that's when my social media made a turn and I started to make more of an impact again. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important just – being authentic to you mm-hmm. and servicing your community with what's authentic to you. And yeah. then they will they will come and you are doing such beautiful work in that space between like 
your videos and your positive attitude and your openness. Mm -hmm. I think that being so open and everything that you, even in this conversation, have been so open about Mm -hmm. (laughs) directions that I didn't know we were going to go in. But it's um, so helpful to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. because we need more of that because we're all, we've all been through so much, especially the last two years. And we're all coming out and just knowing that we're all in this together. And having more authenticity. And I appreciate that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I think it that's been a big part of my the way that I share my content is just be you. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to be the person that you think other people expect you to be or post what you think you're supposed to post. It's just like just be you and do you. And that's it. Yeah. And whoever wants to follow you, good. And they don't. And I realized that I was so caught up in that before mm-hmm. this whole vegan thing happened. I was, that was like my world, like social media. I was really into the social media world. And I feel like that had to happen because it brought me back to the present moment, to the people that were actually around me, my relationships with my husband, with my family, with my friends, like and and now I enjoy hours off of my phone and I don't really care like, you know, what a hater has to say. It's like I know. I so, get a lot of that. Yeah. I, I feel you. And cat they're like, Are you a cat friend still? Yes. <laughs> just, yeah. We don't live together anymore, but we're still friends. Oh my gosh, are you pregnant, <laughs> Karina? You look like you gained weight. No, I just went through a slump. That's funny. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, it's cyberbullying is it and you know what? I, I feel like we're older. We didn't grow up with that. But I I'm I'm gen I genuinely get concerned for for little kids and for teenagers to have to deal with that. So I feel like there's a there's a lot that can be done in that space. And yeah, there's some programming through the big silence that we're reaching out to connect with the younger generation. Mm-hmm. So that when we were kids, mm-hmm. we didn't have the resources um, and who to turn to. But you were really smart turning to your dad and saying, this doesn't feel right. Because a lot of kids out there, yeah. they're not going to do that. And they're going to bury that oh, and bury it for years. Mm-hmm. And the trauma will just stay there in their cells. Mm. So um, if you're out there, if you're a kid listening, yeah, speak up. Speak up. Yeah. Your parents love you. They're, they're going to, they want the best for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for this conversation, Ivana. Thank you, Karina. Yay. Yeah, it was great. Thank you, everyone. Yeah, and we're we're gonna put it all in the show notes on where to find you, how to follow you, what your website. But you want to shout out here? Just you can find me everywhere as Yovana, Y O V A N A, Yovana. Instagram, yeah, YouTube. Google her and Google me. You'll see her eating fish. <laughs> if you want to see me eating fish, go. <laughs> It's funny that Google is the first thing Google throws at you. It's okay. It's okay. (laughs) All right. Thank you all. Thank you, Yovana. And um, thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us today and every Wednesday. If you or anyone you know needs help now, text HERO to 741-741 to connect with a crisis counselor. Our crisis text line is private and confidential. If you loved this episode or think a loved one could benefit from listening, please share. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the.big.silence. 
Head over to thebigsilence.com to sign up for our newsletter to stay in the loop for live events coming up and details on the release of my memoir, The Big Silence. And as always, we'd love a like, subscribe, and leave a review on anywhere the podcast can be found. I love you, and I will see you next Wednesday. One, two, three, sing it. Here's to radical self-love, the type of love that will defeat anxiety, the type of love that defeats depression. This is the one life. This is the moment. This is the time to dig in, to be who you already are. The big silence. The big silence.